0: a man and a woman a democratic congressman person whatever does a very strange prayer to open congress thanks for tuning into church public let's get started Welcome back to Church Public. Thank you so much for joining us. If you haven't already, you can go to iTunes and subscribe or Spotify and subscribe. You can go to churchpublic.com and you can also now go to YouTube. Please subscribe, like, hit the notification bell, do everything because... Uh, Who knows if you'll be able to hear from me or how long I'll be on that platform. You can also check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of those places at Church Public. Again, thank you for being with me today and look forward to diving into what's happening. Okay, so, so much has happened. I didn't get a chance to talk about this last week. This happened last week and it was very exciting, very interesting I mean, we're praying. We're praying in Congress. That's a good thing, right? So what did the prayer sound like? Well, let's take a listen. We ask it in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma, and God known by many names, by many different faiths. A man and a woman. Okay, so that was Representative Emanuel Cleaver, Democrat of Missouri, and that's what he had to say in his prayer. He said... Uh, he asked, he prayed for peace. I love that. Prayed for peace, right? But then he asked in the name of the monotheistic god and Brahma, um, which if if you know anything about Hindu gods and goddesses, etc., and the atheistic god, their goals, I'll just say this, you can look it up and study. I'm not going to take time to explain it right now, but their goals in... in your life and in salvation are not exactly the same. So let's let's go with that. Uh and then he goes on to say a god known by many names by many different faiths. So basically lumped in all the gods uh kind of reminds me of Paul walking through acts and in, in the acropolis and and just seeing all the different different idols to all the different gods and man, I need to do a podcast on that. Anyway, we'll hopefully get to that at some point because that is such a fascinating entrance into world religions and how Paul deals with that but I'm not going to deal with that today because I want to get to this last thing that this representative said Um, he said that uh, you know all of these things uh, God known by many names by many different faiths and then he concluded as you just heard with amen and a woman and that's very exciting right Um, there's so much to say here so hopefully you know or you've heard or maybe you don't and that's why i'm making this maybe maybe you need to understand this amen is it's not about a man that's that's not actually what it means etymologically that means what's the name what's the root of the word where's the root come from right um it's a hebrew word amen and it's been around for a long 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 time before english really so it has nothing to do with men it means may it be so verily truly uh, it's been translated a bunch of different ways. Actually, some people say you can't exactly know what it means. It just means so it is. Like this is it. It is said. You know, if you are a if you are a fan of the Mandalorian, I have spoken. I mean, all of those thoughts, right? That that that's a men has nothing to do with men. So by then adding a woman, uh, I mean besides being illogical and and illiterate, like because it's again a man is not a men. And a woman, it, it doesn't. It's not the same thing. It doesn't doesn't mean the same thing. So we're talking about Hebrew, and and so to conflate that with English is weird and and kind of illogical. And unfortunately, this particular representative can't just say, "Well, I made a mistake. I didn't really understand what it was or English," um, because apparently he was let me get this right. The minister of the Saint James United Methodist Church in Kansas City. So he was a minister for several years. Um, and at some point I would think in his studies, he came across amen and what it means or said it a bunch or something. I mean, I'll just give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. Right. So clearly to me, he's making a point on gender ideology. And that just means like who has power, who, um, doesn't have power. Like, does a man have more power? Does a woman have less power? And so we need to even those scales so that, you know, everybody's happy, or everybody gets what they need, or something. I I, I don't know. I, I can't say what he meant. Um, I just know that it didn't make any sense, and and it's it's sad. But the, but really, it's more serious because the goal here, as we've seen in many other places, especially this year, it's been going on for longer. But we've seen it escalate from you know twenty miles an hour to a hundred miles an hour this last year. They're trying to redefine language, and that's really important because language is really important. Now, I admit I'm a language nerd. I'm a grammar nerd. I, I really like the words to be the right words um, because it makes a difference, and it, and, it, and it helps you make sense of the world. Language, the reason like humanity is different from other animals, from other species, is because we have language, and language really makes a difference in how we communicate, what meanings are, how we think about things that are higher than just I want to eat, eat food. Uh, like we think about things and we have philosophy and, and we have um, teleology, like the the end things. Like what is the end of something? How, how do you get from here to there? And uh, there's all these ologies. I won't go into all of them, but, but studying language makes a difference. And so when you want to redefine something and you redefine the language, amen, which means again, may it be so. And you redefine that towards a man, I guess, is the redefinition, right? It just means I'm giving props to a man. I, I don't know. I don't understand the context or how you could even get to that context in this. I'm praying to God and amen. It's kind of like a fist bump at the end of the prayer. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. But anyway, this really is a problem. It's a problem of language because, and, and unfortunately, it if it wasn't such a problem, it'd be funny or ridiculous, right? It Because it is. Amen and a woman. Like, It's ridiculous but but unfortunately it's kind of sad too because it's very serious it doesn't have anything to do with men but but apparently if it did have something to do with men that would be bad i guess that's the connotation right if you're saying a man a man a man that's apparently bad and so that's that's a serious thing why is a man bad is that what you're saying? And so if if a man is bad, you have to also include a woman because now we're representing more. But of course, if you're going down the, the oppression Olympics or gender ideology, then it just keeps going forever. And really, he should have included more things, but we won't get into that today. Anyway, a man is by definition, not bad. A woman, by definition, is not bad. And and we can go back to, again, the beginning. We can go back to Genesis Genesis for that. Genesis 1, Genesis 1, So God created man or mankind, if you will, in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God saw all he had made. And listen to this. It was very good. So God created man. God created woman. And not only did he create them, he created them, and they were very good. And not only were they very good, even above that, they were made in God's image. So when we aspire to, when we work at, with God's help, if we get to the the highest goal of our lives, it's actually to be in the image of God. We are created in the image of God. And that's a really important thing. And so if you denounce someone because they're a man if you lower someone because they're a man just because they're a man you, you're actually you're actually telling god that he did something wrong he didn't do something good enough by making a man a man and and that in itself is a problem and and i you know he this this representative is going to have to deal with that but but this is something that we've been dealing with for a long time and it's something that again, I think is escalating. It's speeding up. It's going faster. And one of the things uh, that that you can look back to is C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis, a writer. Um, you might call him an apologist. Um, he's definitely a theologian. And uh, he has a lot to say about Christian spirituality and Christian theology and following God. And, and, how, and he tries to make sense of this world. So he writes this book called The Abolition of excuse me, the abolition of man, and he starts it out with this interesting chapter called Men With No Chests, which sounds really funny, um, but but here's what it, here's his point, here's what he has to say, and again, go read it, because it's a great book, just as, again, an introspection on the world, even... You know, decades and decades ago, what he was starting to see, and I think what we're seeing a lot more of now. He writes this. Um, actually, uh, I'll just I'll just make this summary real quick. And I think I think what he means is we we talk about this language a little bit. The chest for him is the connection between the head and the heart. It's not having just one it, either way, but it's having both and and having that connection between the two. Uh, Lewis says it's. Um, only with only intellect sorry with only intellect man is just spirit and with only appetite He is just animal. So those are the two different parts, right? So if if you just think about something, then you just float around and you're just a spirit. But if you just do things, then you are just an animal. And neither one of them is good. Neither one of them is what we're supposed to be. In fact, what we're supposed to be is both. We're supposed to be a spiritual creature. We're supposed to be a physical creature. We exist in both of those realities, and we need to exist in both of those realities. But he goes on to say, Without this chest, without all of these things, we're unable to grasp objective reality and objective truth. And that's exactly what we're talking about. And that's exactly what we're seeing through postmodernism, through deconstruction, through critical theory. We've removed reality. We've removed truth. And we're creating these people that can't even see it. They can't even understand that this is what is happening. And then he goes on to say, I think this is really, really a good statement that, quote, we make men without chests and expect from them virtue and enterprise, end quote. Virtue and enterprise. In other words, we expect these people that we've created without emotion and without um, drive to have character. But of course they don't because we've removed that from them. And we expect from them enterprise. um, Again, Responsibility, doing something, going out in the world and making, making something of themselves. But we've taken that drive away from them and, in fact, told them it's bad. So then, of course, they don't have it anymore. And it seems we're stuck in this. The, the powers that be want to give everyone free stuff, free college, free food, free living wage, free everything. And we're, we're hearing more and more about that from the government these days. And they expect... Nothing in return. In fact, there's even a detriment if you work hard, and if you have a job, and if you have a family or a husband or a spouse, um, you actually, with the current government provisions, you get less if you have a husband or if you have a father in the scene. This is just this is just true, and and you see it in destroying the family, and that's a problem. And so it pushes men out of the picture in all sorts of communities and and we know from tons of statistics that it's really bad it's really bad for kids to grow up without a father it's and and i'm not saying that you know not having a mother isn't bad I, that's bad too but there's just a lot of statistics and a lot of programs that push men out of the picture and without men um girls grow up with a with a bad view of their relationship to men and we see that in a lot of different um and gross industries and boys grow up into like either they don't understand how to exist in society they don't have that entrepreneurial spirit that we were just talking about or they're so over violent that they just rage and destroy things around them and we see both of these things and there's again a bunch of other statistics I don't want to get into all of those today the point is that you you need both you need a man in a family you need a woman in a family you need both of these things both are good as evidenced by god's provision the way that he created us both are good and 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 we need to have both and men are good women are good and we can't actually survive as a species without them that's that's just physically true but there's more than that it's the spiritual it's the relational it's the emotional it's even the entrepreneurial um and, and on and on we we need all of these things um to complete each other and to move on as as a society and and to to even thrive as a society we we need each of these things each role is important and each has a role men have a role women have a role and and people will probably not like me saying that but but the reality is it's true and they are different men and women are different and again you can disagree with me on that but you can see it time and time and time again through studies through statistics through all sorts of of real-world applications, plus the Bible, which clearly lays out some of the differences in between men and women. And both are good, and both are necessary, and we need to have both, and we need to encourage the development of both, not just from a personality, but from a character standpoint. Because this really is all about character. Whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, you are an individual, and you are not defined by your group. We are better because of that. Um, the, the, the powers that be, those in, in power right now want to tell you that you need to be identified by your group, whether that's gender or race or whatever, and that shouldn't be your first identity. If there is one identity you should have, it should be in Christ because we are all in Christ Um, especially when we follow after him. And again, we are made in the image of God, all of us. So even if you're not following Christ, you still are an amazing creation because God made you in his image. Now, I hope that you do follow Christ and I hope that you come to a personal relationship with him. And through that, you can then grow into who God has made you to be as an individual. And it gives us this identity with the gifts and and this, these individual characteristics that God has given us to then move back into groups because Jesus and Paul talk a lot about the body of Christ. The body of Christ is important because we are better when we are together. We're better when we work together. We're better when we use our gifts together to grow, to encourage to grow the church, to grow the, the witness of God, to grow um, the kingdom, to provide for one another's needs. We're better when we do all of those things together. And when we don't, we become isolated and alone and lonely. And you see that more and more and more. These groups that they're creating is not creating more connection. And you can see that through all of the rampant depression and the rampant isolation and the rampant even mental health things that are going on. It's not helping us feel more connected. We need to identify with Christ and then we need to connect back together to know that who we were made to be is in the image of God and we were made to be together. So women are not bad. Men are not bad. And when you hear something like this person who says, hey, a man and a woman, that's to me clearly a shot at that. and we see a lot of those all all over the place and and we should notice that so it is funny it is like kind of hilarious but it's also really serious and and we need to lean into how are you cultivating your character man or woman it doesn't matter to me like how, how are you cultivating your character are you plugging into God? Are you, are you developing yourself? Because, again, the body of Christ is better when we work together, but that means you have to do your part, and you have to figure out what your gifts are, what your skills are, what your passions are. So what are you doing to figure that out? And then you have to figure out how to temper the things in your life that you're not proud of, your anger, your frustration, your impatience, your unkindness. Whatever is going on in your heart, and you know it, You need to figure out how to, with God's help, work on that. And God, who says he will transform you from the inside out to be more like the image of God that you were created to be, and then as you enter back in to be part of the body of Christ, the body of Christ um, exponentially grows, and the love of God exponentially grows because we're better when we're together. Now, this is not easy. This takes work. And no one can do this work for you. And that's part of the hard problem that is literally at odds with all of this free stuff. They want to give you all the free things. They want to make your life easy and safe. And the reality is life is not easy. It has never been easy. From the garden, there was work in the garden even before they got kicked out of the garden. Go back and read it again. They had jobs in the garden. And the work was good. And we have jobs now. I'm not talking about just making jobs for money, but like working on who you are. Your character is the most important thing because your character is what you bring with you everywhere you go, to every job, to every relationship, in every situation, and you need to work on growing that. So how are you going to do that? And you need to take some responsibility for that. You can say you're a victim and everything wrong has happened from outside of you, and and that may be true, I don't know your story. However, you now have the choice to lean into who God has made you to be, do the hard work that it takes to make yourself into a better person, which no one else can do for you, and then see what happens to relationships around you. You have everything you need to get started, and with God's help, he will literally transform you into his image from the inside out, and, and you will become who you were created to be because God knew you, God planned for your life. You are not in this time, you are not in this moment, you are not in this situation by mistake. God has put you here for a reason, and I would love to see, to hear what that reason is. So I'm praying for you, God bless you, and as always, keep the faith.